Femme for Murder, episode 14. Hello, hello, hello. It's week 14 in the Dial Femme for Murder house. Week 14 in the Dial Femme for Murder. Di- week 14 in the Dial Femme for Murder house. <laughs> People I still can't stop baffles me. What, that it's week 14 or that I do a really good Geordie accent? Both. both okay. Just for anyone that doesn't realise and they're not from the UK, that was the iconic voice of the person who used to narrate Big Brother. Absolutely. Super Dear it all in the Big Brother house and the housemates are eating cereal. Like that. My God. Has anybody done like a deep dive? Okay. This is a note for later. If nobody has done like a deep dive into like the height of Big Brother, like <gasps> the Jade Goody do it, era yes. of Big Brother, that needs to be done. You de- definitely do the Jade Goody stuff because you can talk about how people vilified her and hated her. And then when she, she died, was... they were like, she was nation's sweetheart. Like they did controversial yeah. with Princess Diana. Did they? Oh, yeah, they did kind of, yeah, they did kind of smear and stuff. Although Jade Goody was a raging racist. Jade Goody was a raging racist. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. I don't think Princess Diana was a racist, not from what I'm I'm aware of. Anyway. Anyway. So, how have you been this week, Emily? I have been good. What have you been up to? Nothing. (laughs) Well, now the whole... well, it's like that meme that I sent you. Um, I put in our great chat earlier that was like, um, I don't want to work a, a nine to five job, so I decided to work a twenty four seven job. Yeah. That's the life of being un- uh, sorry unemployed, self employed. That's the life of being a self employed content creator. Mate, it's not even content creator. No, it's like, I know, man. You know, it's another. It's the other bits I've got going on. You well, know, freelance bits and all that kind of stuff, and it's intense. Well, now you know Boris Johnson is reopening the country. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Open her up, lads. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, we're literally Plague Island over here. And we truly like, just, are. I just open her up. Get they're, rid of the mask. They're, lit- they're literally like you know. Well, cases are on the rise. They're rising exponentially in young children. You know, unvaccinated people. They're rising crazy. Fuck it. Let's not wait till everyone's vaccinated. Let's just open yeah. it now. Exactly. And then in the press conference, you've got the science people going, masks are really great at protecting people from illness, blah, blah, blah. And then Boris Johnson's like, ah, fuck it. Who wants to wear a mask anymore? Exactly. I want to wear, maybe he wants to wear some lippy or something. I don't know. Are you surprised? No, because the Conservatives are a bunch of cunts. Exactly. God, keep that in. God, you've started off hot, haven't you? Mate, keep <laughs> that. I don't. I watched that press conference and I'm angry. I am fuming. Mega, mega fucking fuming. Raging. Literally. But How's your week been? My week's been good. I got a tattoo this weekend. I saw, I saw. And I was really scared before going, because I haven't had a tattoo for like 10 years, right? Mm. And now, you know, I am in the financial position to be able to like afford to get some nice tattoos that I want. Nice. And um, I was so terrified before going in, because I was like, oh my God, I can't remember if it hurt loads or not. Um, and then when I got in there and everything, it wasn't as bad as I as I was building it up to be, much like everything with anxiety. Um, yeah. And but there were I'm not gonna lie, it's basically on my lower left lower left arm, down by the wrist, wrapping around mm-hmm. the arm. Mm-hmm. There were some bits when I was like, What is so spicy? Oh, it does hurt. Did it you really just does hurt. did you just pour yourself a glass of water? I did, and I'm not cutting it out. Don't cut it out. Um, just clarify. We're human it's... beings, and we need to drink yeah. and stay hydrated. Okay. That was really loud. It was really loud. Um, anyway, there were bits, and I was like, "What is so spicy?" Um, down by the wrist, my lord. Oh my god! But yeah. honestly, my shoulder hurts from my tattoo issue. 
good on her though, because she was like, I'm going to have you lay on your back so you don't have to constantly turn around. She was yanking, twisting my arm all round. It was fine. It was a good, a good experience. I love my tattoo, but having, I'm now at the itchy stage. I hate it. You just got to slap it. Oh my you God, I slap like, it. Honestly. Yeah, we just need to slap it. But oh my God. Having about the itchy stage. So tonight, having an itch that you can't scratch is yeah, it's horrible. Oh my god, it's horrible. It's like it's dangling horrible. candy in front of. I know, uh, and then, me, and then like, when it starts to peel as well, you oh. have to stop yourself from peeling it. And I am such a picker. I'm not even gonna yeah, lie, I love same. picking scabs and stuff. Same. But same. yeah, so that's um, what I have been doing mm-hmm. uh, this week. Also, the Golden Girls is now on Disney Plus. Oh, see, yeah, you sent me that, and and that's a show that I can get behind, you know. Although I feel like I'll go back and watch it now, and it'll be like extremely problematic. It's not. It's actually is not. It not. No. That's. Good. It is one of the shows, like, because obviously it was set in the late eighties. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple of, you know, a couple of suspect there's bits. There's some bits in there. There's some... there's, the, there's the thing, you know, like I don't know. I, even if it is a little bit problematic, you know, we can all look back on but stuff it's... now and say like, oh. Why was it like that? But it was it, a product you know. of the time. Like, uh, for example, there's like a gay character in the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there's gay characters throughout. There's a, there's an episode about HIV. Dawn Golden Girl. There's an episode about HIV. Nice. Proper, Not proper, nice. Pr- no, but proper progressive. But then also on the other hand, there's an episode where Blanche is getting seen by a doctor who says she used to be a man and Blanche recoils in horror. Nice. But obviously it's a joke. So so you have the odd, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's not very, that hasn't aged yeah. well. But the whole show is it in itself is hilarious. I'm not even going to lie. People that go Friends is the best TV show in the world clearly have never seen Golden Girls. People who go Friends is the best TV show in the world don't have a personality. That's true. For anyone that hasn't seen Golden Girls, first of all, like I say, I say this a lot, I realise. First of all, shame on you. Mm. Uh, second of all, it's basically about three women, four women who live in a condo in Miami and they're all senior citizens. See, I, can I just say something? I always remember, right? Well, you know, the. Um, is, I'm not going to give away like local information. No, don't. But there's a road in the town in which we live in. Yeah. Um, and I always used to, I'll point it out to you the next yeah. time, like when I can remember. Yeah. But I always thought that one of the houses on it was the house from Golden Girls. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Looking at it now, I'll probably look at it now and go, yeah. that doesn't look anything like it. Oh but God, you always remember, it. because it was on the way to my doctor's surgery, yeah. that I used to walk past it, and I'd be like, that's the bloody house in the That's Golden the Golden Girls, Girls house. But yeah. it, it's not. Um, it's not. It's not. Golden Girls didn't live in Kent. So. No. Um, I am a huge fan of the Golden Girls, and I will gladly and happily say... That Dorothy Spornak, played by the late great B. Arthur, is me. Nice. I'm essentially Dorothy Spornak. I'm tall. She's quite. She's quite bitter as well. Yeah, I'm she? tall. I'm bitter. I um. I'm miserable um, cunt. I'm not a miserable cunt. I'm tall. I'm bitter. <laughs> I'm sarcastic. True. And I fucking love cheesecake. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love cheesecake? But yeah, no, so I've been watching lots of the Golden Girls just like hammering that hard and tending to my wee fresh tattoo. Um, I was actually thinking about some other tattoos that I want. Now, I'm just going to run this past you, right? I've already got booked in a tattoo of a portrait of Madonna, Queen. Okay. And I've also got um, a portrait from a person in, there's a tattoo tattoo parlour in... 
Peckham called Kink, and they're all mm-hmm. it's it's an LGBT uh, tattoo parlor. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and this um, the person I'm seeing does like nudes, like but right. she, but they do them really like squiggly lines stuff. So I'm getting a a chunky hunky man on my arm there. Nice. But also, I want t- tattoos above my knees. Like I want words above my knees. Okay. Like one word above each knee, right? And I want them to go together. And I was thinking of having mm. the name of a Casey Musgrave song. Oh, that's quite interesting. But I can't decide whether to have... You're going to laugh because this isn't a Casey Musgrave song. It's a Brooks and Dunn song. But the Casey Musgrave's remix is my favourite song. Neon Moon. Neon yeah. Moon. But then I don't know if I want Neon Moon tied above my knee. Or Slow Burn. Mm-hmm. Slow Burn. I'd go for slow burn. Yeah, I'm thinking it too. And I kind of want the writing to be like distorted. So if anyone knows of any great tattoo artists in the Kent, London area, um, who think that would be good, get in contact at Dalfem for Murder on Instagram. Absolutely. Hit us up. Absolutely. But yeah. Speaking of Casey's or Casey, as the case may be, see what I did there. Awful. See what I did there. Terrible. Brilliant. Already off to a great start. This week's case is Casey Anthony. How many times am I going to say case? Uh, a lot. Like, <laughs> case, Casey, Casey and the Sunshine Band. There you go. You got it in. I got it in. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's case is Casey Anthony. And um, this one was... Uh, oh, God. My brain kind of melted a little bit doing the research for this. I'm not going to lie. Was it a roller coaster um, ride of emotions? It's a little bit of a roller coaster li- ride of like so much information and like I don't really know what to make of it. But we'll get we'll get to that. See, so I don't know. I, mu- just- I don't know much about Casey Anthony. All I know is that she was accused of killing her child. That's literally See, all I know, and that she got away with it. But that's all I know. When I went into this, I went into this research having like a really set point of view and i'll right. and i'll make that clear up up front i mm. went into this thinking she like deliberately yeah killed kaylee anthony right we'll get to we'll get to like the theories and stuff as right. we get into it okay um but i just want to say up front i'm not an expert in this case i've only just started researching it so if there are any things that i get wrong reach out to us via instagram don't take our word for it and always do your own research. Oh, look at you having a disclaimer. <laughs> Just going But it's so complicated. And I feel like so a much, proper professional like... podcast now. We have a disclaimer. <laughs> it's like at the beginning of a TV show when they're like, please note, this show may contain sexual references. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I just want to make sure that everybody's doing their own research and that kind of stuff. So, again, this is quite a dark story because we're dealing with the murder of a child. And no yeah. matter who did it, no matter what your theories are, like, it's not going to bring this child back. So it's a pretty mm. pretty grim one. Yeah. Okay, so our case begins on March 19th, 1986 in Warren, Ohio, where Casey Anthony is born to Cindy and George Anthony. She is a Pisces. Ew. Don't know what that means. Fish. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I know it's a fish. All I know is that it's the fish. I'm a little yellow fish in the deep blue sea. Sorry. (laughs) Already off to a Sorry, sorry. So um, her father, George, works in law enforcement and Cindy is in nursing. Casey is one of two children. She has an older brother. Now, at some point, they moved to Florida. And a lot of people say that when um, she was in high school, Casey started to... Mm, kind of bend the truth a little bit right um 
And it's kind of speculated as to where she got that behaviour from. That a lot of people were saying that, you know, her, her family were a little bit like people would lie and that kind of thing. Mm. So it's complicated. So an example of this is like her parents organised a party for her high school graduation. Um, but they didn't know that she wasn't actually graduating and that she had stopped attending her classes um, but had like still told her family that she was like going to school. Right. Um, she was kind of like pulling away from her family. She was becoming very secretive. She was lying about a lot of things. This is kind of the this is kind of the narrative that was built up around um, Casey. Right. Now, when she was nineteen, she began to put on some weight, and Cindy and George believed that she was pregnant. And Casey's like, absolutely not. She tells her parents that she's um, still a virgin, um, all that kind of stuff. But when she reaches the seven month mark in her pregnancy. She tells her parents, oh, yeah, I actually am pregnant. But she doesn't tell them who the father is. Okay. Um, which is already just like... She's already like... seven months pregnant? Yeah, exactly. Like, how can you hide a seven-month pregnancy? It's mental. That's, it's ma- that's absolutely mad. That's crazy. And, she's, and she doesn't tell them who the father is, right? Right. So she's very mysterious, she... very secretive. Yes, exactly. Mm. She also apparently in this time said that she wants to give the baby up for adoption, but her parents are like dead set against it. Okay. And at the time she's dating a man named Jesse Grund, who she met while working at Universal Studios. I'm not sure if she actually worked at Universal Studios, whether she worked, apparently she worked for like Kodak or something and they had an affiliation with Universal Studios or it was something inside Universal Studios. Yeah, maybe like a photo booth thing or something like that. something like that. Um, and she says that Jesse could be the father or it could have been a man who she dated before who died in a car crash. Not entirely sure. Right. Um, now, this is what I find weird. The family, so her dad, her mum and her dad know, but they keep that pregnancy secret from her brother despite the fact that they all live in the house. How? Not a clue. I guess baggy jump, But they're in Florida. Baggy jumpers ain't going to cut it. Yeah. And also, like, why did the parents keep that pregnancy secret from her brother? He lived in the same house and he only found out, like, really shortly before, like, I'm talking, like, I think, like, a week or maybe less than before she actually gave birth. Maybe he was, like, just a super big mouth and they were worried he was going to tell everyone. Uh, it's it's weird. It is weird. weird. It is strange. Okay. Like, first of all, like, how do they do it, for one? So apparently that caused, like, a big rift in the family. But, yeah. you know, it, I just think it's a bit sus. Anyway, mm. anyway. So on August 9th, 2005, she gives birth to Kaylee Anthony. And she's still living with her parents. And she's with Jesse. And Jesse steps up to be a father figure for Kaylee, even though there are serious doubts as to whether or not he's actually the biological father. How old and was she? Jesse's... How- She's quite she's quite young at this point. I think she yeah. was like nine nineteen. Nine okay. yeah, she's nineteen. She yeah. had him had her when she was nineteen. Right, okay. Um and she's still um living with her parents, like I said, and he steps up and he's and Jesse's like, I you know, I don't mind whether or not I'm the biological um father, um, but you know, he's stepping up to be a parent. Yeah. So Jesse proposes and um, there's a moment in time where they're all trying to make like the situation work. You know, like mm. they're young parents, they're still living at home. No doubt mm. it's difficult. There's going to be some tension, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. At some point, they decide to do a DNA test to see whether Jesse is actually Kaylee's father. Because I think I think he might have thought like that he, he might have had that thought like, oh, I'm sure that I am her dad. Yeah. But there were doubts. Mm. Um, but he's not. 
the father. Oh. Jesse, you are not the father. So in May of 2006, Jesse ends a relationship with Casey um, and he states that her behaviour had apparently become erratic. Know exactly what that means. Mm. Um, in this time, she also um, allegedly, uh, well, not in this time, but like it, we kind of that's 2006 we're kind of moving now like through a couple of years and um she allegedly employs a nanny right. called um Zaneda Hernandez Gonzalez okay. also known as Zanny Zanny right. the nanny I'm not entirely sure if the rhyming was intentional Zanny the nanny love that yeah I'm here for that yeah Exactly. So um, Casey said that a man she used to work with at Universal Studios called Jeff introduced her to Zanny, who was his ex, and she was looking over after um, both Jeff's son and Kaylee, Kaylee Anthony, Casey's right. daughter. Right. Um, so Casey's single. She's been single for a little while. She's she's dating. She's you know going out. She's a young mum. She's just yeah. doing all, all of that stuff. And in um, February. From sorry, from February to April of two thousand and eight, she's dating a man named Ricardo, um, and after that, she meets a DJ named Tony, and they quickly started dating. A DJ. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> already, already doing great. Um, so apparently, they met on Facebook, um, and he said late, late, later said, look, um, Casey was a good mother. Kaylee seemed relatively happy, like mm. everything was fine, really. Yeah. Um, and he was living with some roommates at the time. Everything seemed relatively normal. Casey's still living with her family and Kaylee. Yeah. Here's where the timeline begins. We're in June of 2008, and we're going to go day by day because okay. the daily events are very important. Right. So on June 9th, 2008, between 9am and 1pm, Casey allegedly drops Kaylee off at Zanny the Nanny's. Right. Um, it is said in this time that Casey allegedly like begins to move out of her parents' house and in with her ex-boyfriend, Ricardo. But she's still kind of like back and forth between this house and her family's house. So I'm not mm. really sure what's going on there. Mm-hmm. June 12th, um, some family friends allegedly spot Kaylee in a shopping centre. They just kind of see her there and, yeah. and whatever. Um, on the dates, of, they're not really sure what the dates are, um, but it's either June 12th, June 13th or June 14th that Christine Chester, who's a friend of Casey's, says that she uh, went for a walk um, with Casey and Kaylee. Okay. And on, June 13th, a friend of Casey's, who's a DJ at a local club, allegedly sees Kaylee at Tony's apartment. Now, Tony's her current boyfriend, like the okay. DJ. So on June 15th, Kaylee is with her grandmother, Casey's mum, Cindy, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, they visit her great-grandfather at an assisted living facility, and there's a video showing that she was there. They go back home, and um, Casey's mum, Cindy, and Kaylee swim in the pool that's in the backyard. Right. Now, it's an above-ground pool, and it's got, like, a ladder reaching up to it and at this point Kaylee is two years old so she's kind of like in that toddler phase where she's kind of getting around she's opening doors she's doing things you know she's becoming a bit of you know you know what toddlers are like yeah 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 yeah, so, a bit of a nuisance. Absolutely. So people were worried about Kaylee and like she might kind of get into this pool. Yeah. So once um, she's been swimming with her grandma in the pool, yeah. um, Casey's mom takes the ladder away and closes the gate. That's like to try and keep um, Kaylee out of it. Right, Just okay. safety precautions. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So on June 16th, this 
this is the important day, okay? So this is the day um, that Casey allegedly leaves her parents' house and takes Kaylee with her, claiming that there had been an argument and that she was taking Kaylee on a work trip to Tampa. Right. Now, this is probably the most important day of the case, and I'm going to give a complete timeline on what we know happened on this day later on okay. because there are some things that happened on this day that we won't find out until, like, post-trial. Okay, so it's kind of we'll, we'll go back to it because they they kind of paint the um the picture that mm. leads up into what I think is the most plausible theory of what happened in this case. Okay. So on June seventeenth, Casey's parents allegedly noticed that the gate to the swimming pool is open and that the ladder is next to the pool. Now, on this day as well, Casey allegedly posts a message for a friend named Amy on a social networking website. And the message reads, cheer up, cheer me up, lady. I love you and can't wait to finally get you moved in. Because they were like trying to move in with each other. Right. OK. Um, June 18th, Casey allegedly borrows a shovel from a neighbour. Late that day, she's seen backing her car up to her parents' garage. Okay. On June 20th, Casey is captured um, at a nightclub called Fusion and she participates in a hot body contest. It's already <laughs> great. So June 23rd... You want, you want a hot body? Right. June 23rd, um, yeah. Tony says that he helped Casey break into the shed at her parents' home to take gas cans for Casey's car, which had run out of gas. And Tony said that he watched Casey open the trunk of her car. He did not see the inside, but there was no, important to note this, there was no smell that he could detect. Okay. At all. Right. June, June 24th. Casey's dad calls the sheriff's office and reports that someone had broken into his storage shed and stole two gas cans that um, had about $50 worth of gas in them. Right. Later this day, he says that Casey came back to the house and he confronted her about taking them. And he said that when he went to get them out of his daughter's car, she ran past him um, quickly opened the trunk and got the gas cans herself going and yelled at him saying here's your fucking gas cans and he said that he could smell like gas but he couldn't smell any other odours okay. right okay um so three days later june 27th casey leaves that same car in the parking lot of an amscot financial store i'm not sure what that is but she just leaves it in a parking lot and basically abandons the car okay um three days later that car is towed from a parking lot after being there for several days um and her purse and a child's car seat are found in the car's back seat right july 2nd Casey gets a tattoo on her back that says Bella Vita, which means beautiful life in Italian. Uh, hello, I speak fluent Italian. Truly. I don't really. <laughs> on July 3rd, Casey's mum, Cindy, posts a message to her MySpace that has the um, subject, My Kaylee is Missing. And she, I'll just read you the first couple of lines. It says, She came into my life unexpectedly, just as she has left me. This precious little angel from above gave me strength and unconditional love. Now she is gone and I don't know why. Okay. It's quite a long message, but it's just... So is she posting this message to alert people that Kaylee is missing? No, it's like, it's literally just like... Because that sounds she, a bit like a eulogy post. It does. It, it goes on to say that, like, the last bits of it 
Um, I didn't want to read the whole thing out because no, it's no, really no. long. Yeah. But the last couple of lines on it are, um, the daughter who stole money, lots of money, leaves without warning and does not let her mother now speak to the baby that her mother raised, fed, clothed, sheltered, paid her medical bills, etc. Instead tells her friends that her mother is controlling her life and she needs her space. No money, no future. Where did she go? Who is now watching out for the little angel? Okay, so yeah, it sounds like uh, Casey was trying to like hide her from seeing her basically yeah right. sidebar i really want to sing you can cut this out if you like no money no family 16 in the middle of miami no money no please cut please cut out you're editing this one aren't you i know but don't make it hard for me sorry i've got to go get a fucking cat scan tomorrow sorry so i ain't gonna have much time <laughs> what time's your cat scan two okay cool we'll just do it in the morning i know all right sorry oh yeah um so July 15th, George and Cindy um, go to pick up Casey's car from the impound yard, so where it got taken to. Mm-hmm. And when they opened it up, they um, said that there was a strong odour that was emanating from the vehicle. Now, they, they basically, they, they said that it smelled like somebody had died, right. essentially. And they looked in the car trunk and there was, they said there was a plastic bag that had loads of trash in it and stuff. Um, but Cindy was, like, obviously freaking out because she hasn't seen her granddaughter in a month. Yeah. So um, she tracks down and meets... Uh, Casey's friend Amy who takes Cindy to the apartment where Casey's staying and there's basically a confrontation so Casey tells her parents then, this is a month later that Mm. she hasn't seen Kaylee in a month and that the babysitter Zanny may have kidnapped her what? Yeah, right. That, so this is a month later. So Cindy is obviously like freaking out. She calls nine one one and she reports her granddaughter missing. Okay, this is like a month after, um, when Kaylee actually went missing. So the day later, because obviously they've got the missing report uh, persons report now, so the investigators are on it. Right. Uh, the police begin to like dig around and they find out that Casey has not worked at Universal. Uh, since her maternity leave almost three years earlier. Okay. Despite the fact that she'd been all, like, dressing in her work clothes and, like, telling her family that she'd been working there. Like... What? I don't know. It's mad. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. That so, is shady. absolutely mad. So, yeah. Casey said that between um, June 16th and July 16th, Kaylee was being watched by a series of babysitters um, and that Kaylee had gone with her to um, a business meeting in Tampa and then she'd gone with her to Jacksonville and um, that Kaylee had been to, to the beach and, and they'd been doing all these things together, right? Hmm. But where's where's the bloody baby? Like, we don't know where the baby is. Yeah. So Casey gets arrested and she's charged with child neglect, uh, making false official statements and obstructing an investigation because they're like, well, clearly your story's bullshit. She hasn't been going with you to Universal Studios or Tampa on a, on a work trip business meeting because... Because you ain't got a job, yeah. Yeah, like wild. Um, So the car that Casey had been driving is picked up um, from the wrecker company and the police question this woman, Zanny, who says she has no idea who Casey Anthony is. What? Not a clue. What? It's mad. So this Zanny woman exists, but she's like, I don't know who this person is. Right. Again, we don't know whether that's the truth or not. We don't know that anyway. So, um... 
while um, she's behind bars, like Casey calls her family, she talks with her, um, her, her mother um, and her brother and a friend. Now, on July 17th, this is a day later, she appears in court um, and the judge denies her bond, saying that she showed a woeful disregard for the welfare of her child. So nobody now, knows where Kaylee is at the moment, nobody, right? Nobody knows. She's a missing child. Okay. The sheriff's office searches the car Casey had been driving and bags several items as evidence, including dirt, samples of hair that are they think might be Kaylee's, okay. and um, a carpet sample that investigators called questionable. And I think that might be because they thought it had blood on it or something like that. Right, anyway. yeah. So on July 18th, um, Casey hires a man named uh, Jose Baez as her attorney. And um, he writes a letter to the sheriff's office saying, like, Casey's going to be... She's going to talk to you. She's going to cooperate um, with, with the investigation. Yeah. Now, July 22nd, there's a bond hearing. Um, and uh, at that bond hearing, one of the corporals who's, like, investigating the case says um, about the car that there was a very bad smell in the car... Briefly, just before I came into the child abuse division, I was a homicide detective for two years and in my experience, the smell I smelled in that car was a smell of decomposition. Casey's mum testifies at this bond hearing saying that Zanny had been babysitting Kaylee for more than a year, but she's never actually spoken with Zanny or has never met her at all, like... like doesn't have a clue. Right, she just yeah. assumed that this Zanny person was looking after. Well, you kid. would, you would, wouldn't you? If your daughter said, "Oh, I've got a nanny called Zanny." Yeah, exactly. You and she's exactly. looking after my kid. This, 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 that, the other. You would believe it. You yeah. wouldn't. You would. So yeah, exactly. no, she's none the wiser. Exactly. So um, the judge is like, pff, he's like not having Casey's behaviour at all and her bail gets set at half a million dollars. Right. And he actually says, um, not a bit of useful information has been provided by Casey Anthony as to the whereabouts of her daughter and I would add that the truth and Miss Anthony are strangers. Mm. Which is um, a bit of a burn. Yeah, a little bit. Um, So on July 25th, Casey's family visits her in prison. And July 26th, Casey phones her brother from jail. And during the conversation, she states that she thinks Kaylee um, is still doing all right. Um, She thinks that, like, Kaylee's still alive, basically. That's what she's saying. Um, So do her family, like, believe her? No. They they think that she's missing, but... but they they're kind of they don't really think at this point that that Casey had anything to do with it, right. but they're kind of there's a lot of suspicion growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on July twenty seventh, Casey offers to work with the FBI to do a composite sketch of Zanny, right? So she's like, oh yeah, I'll talk to the FBI. We'll do a sketch of Zanny, like you know, figure out um you know who who Zanny who Zanny is. Et but they already know who Zanny is. I, it's it's weird because because yeah. obviously the Zan- but Zanny's being Zanny's saying like I don't know who Casey Anthony is. Haven't got a clue. Right. Um, and in this time, nearly two hundred people attended a vigil at Casey Anthony's family home to honor Kaylee. And there was like people really out searching for like this was like really important thing to know about this case is the absolute media frenzy yeah. that it was. Like it was absolutely huge. And one of the main people talking about it was Nancy Grace, right? Oh, yeah. So Nancy Nancy Grace is immediately immediately she's she's bang on that Casey Anthony had something to do with it right yeah 
and everybody thinks that Casey did it and all of the evidence is pointing in that direction. Well, so far, yeah. Yeah, and and at this point, Casey's lawyers try and get like a lot of information sealed so it's not released to the press, but they kind Mm. of fail, fail with that. So on August 5th, um, she is formally charged with a felony count of child neglect and another misdemeanor offence. On August 6th, um, a team of forensic investigators show up at Casey Anthony's family home with a search warrant and they take several articles of clothing from Casey's closet. Now, according to the search warrant, Casey's mother, Cindy, recently told investigators that she had found clothing inside the vehicle that Casey had been driving before she made her first 911 call, like to alert them that... Kaylee was missing Mm. Um, and Cindy said that she removed the pants and washed them due to the fact that they smelled like the car okay Mm. so August 8th Casey refuses to see her brother when he arrives for a previously scheduled jail visit Um, Casey's attorney um, files for another motion to have her bond lowered because they're like she's got she's got half a million dollar bond like yeah. pretty pretty high that is pretty spicy yeah and it's at this point that some um, investigator it gets reported on wftv.com that mm. investigators suspect that Kaylee might have drowned in the family swimming pool on June 16th um, and that it's basically revealed that investigators are conducting tests on Casey's car to determine whether there is actually evidence of decomposition right in the car now on august 11th a guy called called roy cronk what a name straight away <laughs> roy cronk roy cronk okay pull the lever cronk so, so he's a meter reader so he goes right you know like gas meters and all that kind of stuff oh yeah 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 um and he is at work and he says that he parked his work truck on um suburban drive which is literally just like around the corner from casey anthony's family home right. and there's woods nearby there and he walked into the woods to have a piss basically relieve thyself relieve himself and he said that he noticed um about 30 feet away from him what appeared to be a small white skull oh so remember this because his story changes a lot okay like a lot now he says that he called in that day august 11th and he called into the crime tip line um and just to be like i found a skull out here why wouldn't Um, you call the police well, I think because I think there was a tip line about oh, like, oh, okay. about about the case, and he obviously put two and two together. Oh, okay. But then he then he did also apparently follow up um, with the sheriff's office a day or two after the first call. Oh, okay. And um, two deputies actually came to meet him um, on the same road, but they didn't go into the woods or ask him to show the skull-like object to them. They they basically just like dismissed him out right. of hand. Okay. On August 12th, Casey's dad makes like a statement to the media where he says that he thinks that Kaylee was kidnapped. Um, and on August 16th, this is something that gets me because this kind of this this solidifies to me like high ha, sorry how high profile this case was. Mm. The um, the Anthony family. Um, 
got like an official spokesperson because obviously the major yeah. content. They appointed this guy called Larry Garrison. Larry the- Garrison. Some of the, these names I are know. like giving me life. Yeah, I know. He's the president of um, Silver Creek Entertainment. Right. And he's like, I, I was reading up on him and he's kind of like, he's a bit of like a Max Clifford type. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. Like really like sleazy publicist vibes, yeah. but he's got a lot yeah. of connections and he's kind of, you know, if there's a big media story going on, he's going he's to know, yeah. know what it's about. So on August 17th, so that's the day after, um, mm-hmm. a guy called Leonard Padilla, who's a bail bondsman from Sacramento, um, arrived in Orlando and he'd been basically making like arrangements to pay Casey Anthony's bail. And he tells the media that he's been following the case close, closely and the reason that he wants to pay the bail is he thinks that Kaylee will not be found as long as Casey is behind bars. Right. So like... Uh, they're obviously buying into the kidnapping theory. Mm-hmm. And he sorts the bail out and she's released on August 20th. What, of like half a million pound? Half a million dollars, yeah. Jeez. I do think you get bail back. It depends what yeah, you... Yeah, it's, it's like, do you never, did you ever watch Dog the Bounty Hunter? Yeah, I think I think it's like you pay it and, and you get it back at some point. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, it's very confusing. That's why, like, bonds, like, bail bondsmen, like, you get a bond from someone to pay your bail and then they get it back when you turn up to court. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so she's released on August 20th. Mm. And on August 28th, um, there were DNA tests that were conducted on a stain and hair samples found in the truck of the car. Um, and it kind of indicated that Kaylee was dead. Now, it's like an right. indication, right? So that wasn't, it wasn't taken as fact, but it was like, it was starting to go that way. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the day after, Casey gets arrested again because she writes four checks on her friend's Amy on her friend Amy's checking account without permission. Basically, like takes all the money out of Amy's Amy's account. Yeah, her friend Amy's account, like rinses it. Yeah. Um. So she's arrested again, and she's like back in. On September fifth, um, her parents, at this time, post the bond, again. Of half a million pound. Half a million. Jeez. <laughs> and she gets released from the county jail into their custody and she's fitted with a tag. Right. Um, the day after, September 6th, um, some sheriff's deputies find a handgun in the trunk of um, her dad's car um, and they take it off him because they, there can't be any guns on the property. That, like, violates Casey's bail. Mm-hmm. And her dad said that he had planned to use it to force Casey's friends into telling him what happened to Kaylee. What? That's his story. Okay? Why would he tell someone that? I don't know. It's weird. Um, September 7th, this is the next day. Um, he then... Okay, so, again... Really important to note that at this time, their house is essentially surrounded. Like, imagine a media circus. There's people there yeah. all the time. People are protesting. She's been let out. She Like, she is, like, the most hated woman in America, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, people absolutely chomping at the bit to get to her. So there's people protesting outside her house. And on September 7th, um, Casey's dad um, kind of, like, pushed some protesters that were standing outside his house. There was a bit of a scuffle. And there was quite a few of those that got involved and all that kind of stuff. Um, On September the 10th, 
the whole family allegedly refused to take a lie detector test that was offered by the FBI and local authorities. But I do think that they took a lie detector test in the future and they passed. Right. I can't I can't remember exactly. Um, but September 15th, Casey, <laughs> Casey goes back to jail again. She's taken into custody um, when she turned herself in for forging a cheque, fraudulent use of identification and petty theft. Could someone take a checkbook away from this woman? <laughs> Don't let her near a pen. God. I know. I know. December 16th, yeah. she's released, this time on a $1,250 bond. Right, okay. So I, I don't know what's going on here. I guess, I guess the bond would be lower because she's not... Uh, yeah. It's not for Kaylee. It's for the bad checks, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So on September 25th, Zanny, the woman Casey reportedly named as a babysitter... Zanny the nanny. Files, Zanny the nanny files a defamation lawsuit against her. Right. And on October the 14th, 2008, Casey Anthony is indicted by a grand jury on charges of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter of a child and four counts of providing false information to police. But they haven't found a body, no? But they haven't found the body. And the judge says that she needs to be held without bond and because it is a capital crime she faces the death penalty right now the day after casey's mum goes on nbc and says i know my daughter i know my daughter's relationship with kaylee and i know there's nothing in this world that could make me think casey did anything to kaylee right now on october the 21st um charges of child neglect are dropped against casey anthony because they assume that the child is dead so they're not charging for child neglect um And on October the 28th, Casey is arraigned and she pleads not guilty to all charges. Now, bear in mind that at this point, the search for Kaylee's still ongoing and the search isn't formally suspended until November 9th, okay? Right. So November 9th, that's when they're like, okay, we can't search for her anymore. We do believe that she is dead at this point. Um, And they're not even really searching for remains or anything like that. So on November 15th... um, the like so case's family basically had got like different private investigators and stuff as you do like when something's like this and and you know you're trying to find out exactly what happened so they've got a private investigator called dominic casey okay so dominic casey is still like searching for kaylee anthony and he decides to search in the same area where roy cronk called in the tip back in august Mm -hmm. now this search is videotaped Mm -hmm. and people are like later on okay we'll find out why later on but people do ask like what why was he searching in that area and the family's um attorney denies asking um dominic to search there all of his family basically saying like oh no we didn't ask him to search there and when he's later questioned who told him to go and search in that area um he said that a psychic told him to Right. Which, you know, gives you gives you an idea of what's going on in this case. Um, so Casey's mother denied um, that she had ever directed that private investigator um, to go, like, follow up on what Roy Cronk had said. Right. But Casey's brother said that his mum um, had told him prior to October 2008 um, that she had sent the private investigator to follow up on... On, the, on like whoever's this psychic mm. 
like somebody psychic that was like, go look in this area. Right. And he said that he specifically remembered the incident because it was the first time in his family that somebody had said like, okay, maybe we need to be searching for remains instead of like Kaylee being alive. Right. So he remembers that really specifically. Yeah. So why is that relevant? Well, okay, so December 11th, um, 2008, uh, Roy Cronk mm -hmm. um, goes back to the place. He says that he's like back on, he's back on that beat basically, like his meter job, meter reading job has taken yeah. him back that way. Mm -hmm. um, and it, he's a little bit sus and we're gonna get into that for in a second. Um, he again finds um, a body. Right. Okay. So he finds like he's finding this like skull thing here. Now he will later give a written statement where he says that he found a closed plastic bag and he says that he hit it with his meter stick and it sounded like plastic. So Roy Cronk's story changes a few times over the next few months and somebody put together like a few um of the different stories that he gave of finding um what will later be known as Kaylee's body on right. December the 11th. Um, so he, first of all, he said that it was obviously like a closed plastic bag and that he hit it with his meter stick. That was the written statement. Then, then he says that the skull was outside the bag and he spotted the skull from a distance. Obviously, that's what we... That's like way back that he yeah. said that he sort of spotted the skull from a distance. Mm -hmm. Then he said the skull was inside the bag and he didn't touch the remains at all right. then he said the skull was inside the bag and that he opened the bag and the skull with the duct tape on it like it had duct tape on the skull rolled out right. then he said that the skull was inside the bag and that he lifted the entire bag up in the air and the skull fell out then he said that he lifted the skull um with his meter stick and dropped it and then he said that he may have manipulated the skull um with his meter meter stick but didn't move it around Right, so a load of bullshit, basically. A load of different stories, like lots of different stories. So, but this time, right? Yeah. The investigators show up and they find the remains in a trash bag. And the um, investigative team show up and they also recover some duct tape, which was, um, they say, was hanging from hair Oof. that was attached to the skull. Um, and that there was some tissue still left on the sky. It's like it's so great. It's yeah, so so awful. so grim. Yeah. Um, but the duct tape is an important thing that we'll find out later on. Okay. Um, so over the they they start to search and you know they they find more stuff. They find more bones. Um, they find like I, I think they found um like a blanket as well. All the, all this kind of stuff. They found like things out in the woods basically. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was at the end of 2008. So through 2009, 2010, obviously, as things are going forward um, with the trial, it's, you know, not a huge amount of stuff happened, but I'll give you some highlights from each year. So um, in January 2009, um, the police found uh, Casey's dad, um, who had been like, he was basically trying to unalive himself essentially they right, found a okay. suicide no he, he'd been dosing himself up that kind of thing mm. um the state of florida in april 2009 um said that they will seek the death penalty in the case in october of 2009 um officials released 700 pages of documents related to the investigation wow. that included records of google searches that had been made on a computer accessible to Casey that searched for the terms neck breaking and how to make chloroform. 
Oh, and they shit. Presented it. Yeah, it's, they presented it to um, prosecutors as evidence of um, crime, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in 2010, um, Casey pled guilty for the fraudulent check charges mm-hmm. and uh, the judge sentenced her to time served because obviously she's still inside at this point yeah. um, in April the original judge on the case stepped down after Casey Anthony's defence team filed a motion accusing him of having inappropriate conversations with a writer who's blogging about the case and the judge was obviously like okay I, I didn't do anything wrong but I can see you know people think it's going to be biased so yeah. I, I'm not going to jeopardise the case I'm going to step down so mm-hmm. there was a new judge called Belvin Perry Jr who takes oh, these over. names honestly they're so I good know. belvin perry jr and belvin is belvin perry jr is like absolutely we're seeking the death penalty mm. like that's what's gonna you know obviously he's not he's not like i i'm seeking the death, but he's like yes we will be seeking the death penalty so um so we're building up to the trial um it's in 2011 mm-hmm. and um let's go over some of the evidence that is kind of like um, put in before the trial begins. So uh, during the trial, 400 pieces of evidence were, was presented, like right. massive, massive amount yeah, of evidence. Yeah. Um, so there was things like um, a strand of hair that was um, taken from the trunk of Casey's car, which was very similar to hair that was taken from Kaylee's hairbrush. And um, the strand in Casey's car showed root banding, um, which is like where hair roots form a dark band after death. And it was consistent with hair from a dead body. Okay. Um, Now, there was this whole big to do about basically like because there was duct tape on on the skull. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't know like... So we'll, we'll get into this in a, in a bit and I'll go over it a little bit more. But the prosecutors basically said that Casey had um, drugged Kaylee and had put um, duct tape over her mouth and nose to suffocate her. Right. Okay. Now, the defence basically argued that there is no way that that would have happened and that the duct tape was not, like the duct tape was not part of how Kaylee died. And they believed that like, they don't know exactly how the duct tape got on there, but like a lot of the theories are that um, basically it, it might have been like used to like seal up the bag, yeah. the bag, and then as it had been opened or tampered with or something, it moved around to her mouth. Right. Basically, there wasn't enough evidence to say that that the duct tape was used like that. Anyway, they made a really big deal about this um, sticker that they, this heart-shaped sticker that was found on the duct tape, okay? Because they said that it matched um, a sticker set that was in the Anthony home. But they they don't know what they, basically the the laboratory, when they were investigating it, they couldn't capture the heart shape. Like I don't even know where the heart shape thing came from. Basically they couldn't prove it. Okay. essentially right. they couldn't prove it they also found a blanket at the crime scene which matched Kaylee's bedding um, at the home there was lots of stuff that was going on um, another thing that was entered into evidence was um, this photograph that um, Casey's ex-boyfriend Ricardo had posted somewhere and it was a man leaning over a woman with a rag and the caption was win her over with chloroform <gasps> right oh. Right? Really weird. Dear. So 
really bizarre. So they they called. There was a witness that was called um, this guy called John Dennis Bradley, and he had like software that he had um, put together um, for like investigations. And it, the prosecution used his software, and they said that Casey had um, searched the word chloroform 84 times 84 times okay but here's really a thing that's important to remember Mm. the guy john dennis bradley found that there was a flaw in the software that misread the data and that the word chloroform had actually only been searched one time right and she had allegedly googled it immediately after seeing this picture that her ex had posted on social media okay fine, fine 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 But here's another thing. Um, The jury weren't told that, that the software had actually misread the forensic data. Right, why? So so here's the thing. We all know, I'm sure if you you don't know this already, Casey Anthony was found not guilty of this crime. But if they had, if they um, had found her guilty, Mm. right, and because they hadn't told them about this um, flaw in the software, it basically, it may have triggered a mistrial. Right. Like, that's that's how I kind of read that situation. Anyway. Right. So we're going into the trial, um, and the trial began on May 24th, 2011, and it took six weeks, and during which the jury were totally sequestered. So that's like six weeks, you're just like out of it. Yeah. That. I know, very, in, very, very in depth. Also, I could probably do with a break though. Yeah, that's not true. gonna lie, nice six week. But then I guess it's not. Cut that out. Yeah, I will. <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty insane. It's kind of like the OJ, OJ Simpson trial was longer though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like proper, must be proper long. intense. Yeah. So opening statements come, and the lead prosecutor was a woman called Linda Drain Burdick. Again, another iconic name. I know, there's so many names. There's so many names. So good. So the prosecution basically said that it was an intentional murder, and they said that Casey Anthony had used chloroform to drug Kaylee, Mm -hmm. um, and then had put uh, duct tape over her mouth and basically suffocated her. And they also claimed that Casey left Kaylee's body in the trunk of her car before disposing of it. And their whole thing was basically saying Casey Anthony was a party girl. She never wanted to have a child. She was irresponsible. She was, you know, she was a bit of a a kind of like... She she was... They painted her out to be like this real party monster person. Yeah. Yeah. Which wasn't exactly true. No. Right? Yeah. She was extremely irresponsible. Extremely irresponsible. Should never have had a child. Ever, ever, ever. But I don't think that... The, I, I feel like the, the media portrait of her may have been slightly skewed. And anyway. I mean, just to just to, to go your go-to to be like, well, she's a horrible party monster and she doesn't want her children, so she's going to kill her child. Like, mm. straight off the bat is... But I don't know the evidence yet. Tell me, tell me more of the evidence. Well, I'm just going to finish with the opening statements. All right. Um, the defence, um, who was led by Jose Baez, um, mm-hmm. said that Kaylee drowned accidentally on the family pool, and they say that she was found by um, Casey's dad, who basically said that he'd cover it up for her. That's and what the defence were saying. That's what the defence were saying, and um, they basically said that that's why she kind of acted normal for those 30 something days 
where Kaylee was allegedly missing and she was kind of like getting on with her life. So now, they're basically saying that they're admitting that she she died and they ha- they knew about it basically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right, fine. Um but but basically they're saying that the that it was um her dad that had said um I'll I'll sort this out for you. And her dad agreed to this. No. No. The Okay, what Okay, but hold on. But but Casey was saying that this is what happened. Yeah, it was, yeah, okay, that's a, the, yeah, her yeah. defence, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I got confused, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, so the dad went along with this?" Sorry, no, carry on, carry no, on. No, okay. no, no. Dad was very much against it. Okay. So, um, along with this, mm-hmm. he argued that um, basically the reason that Casey was always lying is that she was covering up sexual abuse in the family right and that um she'd been abused by her father since she was eight Mm -hmm. and that her brother had also sexually abused her um now her defense attorney also questioned roy cronk and asked like whether he'd actually removed the bones like and the skull from another location and basically said that like the whole investigation was compromised and that all they wanted to do was feed into this media circus and like mm. whip all of this stuff up yeah. in and trying to make it like into this really salacious murder case instead of what they said was a more mundane drowning mundane um, drowning yes but he also admitted that Casey did lie about Zanny the nanny Okay. So there's that at least. Okay. So now we're into the witness testimony. So um, the first witness that was called was Casey's dad. And he immediately is like, I did not sexually abuse my daughter at all. Now, he also testified that um, he didn't smell anything in Casey's car um, when there was that, uh, that basically like the whole thing over the gas canisters. Yeah, Remember yeah, when yeah. She, like, yeah, He yeah, didn't yeah. smell anything. He didn't smell anything. Mm. But he did smell something similar to human decomposition when he picked the car up on July 15th. Mm-hmm. Now, Cindy um, said late when she was called to testify, remember when like they picked up the car and they were, oh my God, it smelled like somebody had died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd said that that was just a figure of speech. Okay. Now, because of the sexual abuse allegations, there are actually paternity tests that were done um, on Casey's brother and her father to test that they weren't um, Kaylee's dad. Um, and obviously they weren't. Um, some police dog handlers came forward um, and they testified um, that cadaver dogs had indicated a high alert of human decomposition in the trunk of Casey's car. Um, and the, like the... the the defense basically was saying oh it's hearsay like it's not it's not real but yeah. there was another um another like police dog handler that came forward um, and said that they they had also um found decomposition in the car like the dog had kind of smelt that basically. right like a separate independent kind of dog handler yeah yeah okay right so sorry i'm just having to wet my whistle a little bit because that's okay um, i just popped in an, i just popped in a nice coat of sherbet Oh, God, I'm jealous. Mm. I'm jealous. The prosecution also called forward the chief medical examiner, a woman called Jan Garavaglia. Again! Um, I know, Another so name. Names. They're so good. I know. Um, and 
she testified um, that Kaylee's death was homicide, but it was listed as death by undetermined means. Right. Now, Jan said that we know by our observations that it's a red flag when a child has not been reported to authorities with injury, there's foul play. Mm. There is no child that should have duct tape on its face when it dies. Okay. Right. Um, they also brought in a University of Florida professor and um, the, it's like a human identification laboratory director called mm. Michael Warren. Um, and they presented a computer animation of the way duct tape could have been used in the death of the child. Right. Um, it Basically, the animation featured a picture of Kaylee and um, it, they superimposed an image of Kaylee's decomposed and another strip of duct tape that was recovered with her remains and the images were brought to basically brought together showing that the duct tape could have covered her nose and mouth right, right? okay um so the defense um said that it was uh, disgusting and they're throwing things at the wall just to see if it sticks and yeah. blah 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 and all this kind of stuff mm. um they 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 believe like people from the prosecution believe that the duct tape um was placed there before the body began decomposing okay right. yeah um, so there was a print examiner called Elizabeth Fontaine who testified that this, um, this like heart shaped sticker, okay, mm -hmm. this heart shaped sticker thing. She testified that the adhesive in the shape of a heart was found on a corner of a piece of duct tape that was covering the mouth, um, of Kaylee's remains. Um, and she says that she examined three pieces of duct tape found on Kaylee's remains for fingerprints, but she did not find fingerprints because it had been like ages basically. Yeah. And it's found outdoors and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. and she showed the findings to her supervisor. Okay. The, the, the findings of like this heart shape thing. Um, but she didn't photograph it. Right. And, but she said, um, when I observe something is unexpected, I note it and continue with my examination. Now, when the defence began to cross-examine her, she explained that when she went back to look at the sticker thing again, um, it was no longer visible. Right, she couldn't okay. find it anymore. But it hadn't been photographed. That's what this whole, like, heart-shaped sticker thing, it just kind of, like, falls apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the defence also called a um, few more witnesses um, who basically were like they they were they were going against this duct tape thing. Mm. Um, the chief investigator for the medical examiner stated that the original placement of the duct tape was unclear, and that it could have shifted positions as they collected the remains. And also, don't forget, like this Roy Roy Crump guy, Roy Crump, whatever Roy Crump, that's his name. Like his his varied story with like yeah. how he finds the remains. Has he has he meddled with it somehow? Mm. You know that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, uh, you also in this time have, uh, Casey's mum saying that the family buried their pets in blankets and plastic bags and they used duct tape to seal the openings, mm -hmm. right? So that kind of lends itself, lends itself to the theory that she was either like wrapped in something and, and they sealed it with duct tape, just like they would do like with a dead pet yeah. or that those blankets and stuff that were found out there, um, were like from deceased pets and stuff like that right um 
But the uh, it's important to note that an FBI forensic document examiner found no evidence of a sticker or sticker residue on the duct tape that was found near the child remains. Okay. okay. Yep. So this is what some jurors say about the duct tape. Now, you've got one juror that says it was near Kaylee's mouth. However, I think the conditions just opened the bag and the duct tape landed on Kaylee's skull. We saw the pictures of the remains and it looked like the duct tape just drifted off of the bag and onto the skull mm -hmm. and another juror said i saw the picture the duct tape wasn't really over the mouth since the body was in the flooded woods it looked to me like the bag opened and the duct tape got stuck to random parts of the skull one of them being relatively close to the mouth right okay, okay. so i i personally think that kind of like that wipes the the duct tape thing yeah especially if, she, especially if it was in like wet conditions yeah the exactly. tape wouldn't have stuck. It would have, exactly. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, you they defend the defense also call um a forensic pathologist forward who says that the autopsy that was done on Kaylee was shoddy and because Kaylee's skull wasn't opened um, during the examination, they basically said that the, the the autopsy was just like, it wasn't good, basically. They said yeah. that you need to examine the entire body in an autopsy. Mm. Um, and he also said that they he could not determine what the manner of death was, but he said that there was no indication that she was murdered. Right. Um, and he also testified that he believed the duct tape found on Kaylee's skull was placed there after the body decomposed. Um, a, and he basically says that if the tape was placed on the skin, there should have been some DNA left on it. Yeah. So he suggested that someone might have staged some of the some of the crime scene photos. Right. Okay. So he essentially got like a really tampered, mm. tampered case. You yeah. know, yeah. All, all this kind of stuff going on. So remember the chloroform thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. June twenty third. Um. Uh. The defence call Casey's mum to the stand, who says that she was the one that searched chloroform. Right. Why? <laughs> not literally. Not a clue. Um, and the prosecution um, alleged that only Casey could have conducted this search because she was the only person that was home at the time. Um, but Cindy, Casey's mum, basically, no, 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 it was me. I, I definitely searched it. Like, uh, baffling. Literally baffling. But then I search random things on Google. Oh, yeah, so I'm not saying that search... So, yeah, I, I don't think that that's... Like, maybe she didn't know what chloroform meant or... Like, I'll do that. I'll be watching a TV show and someone will say a name. Yeah, no, Or a totally. word, and I'll just totally. Google it. And totally. I'll find out it's... I'll be like, oh. Totally, totally. Yeah. totally. So, who knows? So, the defence also called two private investigators um, who had searched that area mm -hmm. where the body was later found. Those ones, you know? The ones that were like, oh, yeah, psychic. Psychic, psychic told, yeah. told me to go there. Yeah. Um... And they basically called on forward and asked them questions and, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then Roy Cronk comes up on the thing and he tells the same story that he told the police um, about his discovery of um, Kaylee's remains. But, you know, he then acknowledges um, receiving $5,000 after the remains were identified. From the Anthony family? Yeah, like, well, because there was like a reward. Yeah. 
Um, but he denies that he told his son that finding the body was going to make him rich and famous. But the next day, his son was on the stand testifying that he had made such statements. And also really interesting to know that his son's been all over Reddit saying that Roy Cronk had something to do with the murder. Now, I don't think he did, but I do wow. think that he might have been a little bit sus with what was going on. Sus. Cronk is a bit sus, I'm not going to lie. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I know that this is a lot of detail. We're almost to the closing arguments of no, the it's, trial. It's good. We're, I'm, I'm learning lots. I didn't know any... Like I said, I didn't know it was this detailed, so it's, it's really interesting. It's like, oh my God, it mm. makes my head hurt. Mm. And I'm probably not doing it justice. So again, no, if I, I think have you messed, are. If I've messed up, somebody please tell me. Um, so on June 30th in the trial, the defence call um, a woman called Crystal Holloway, who was a volunteer in the search for Kaylee, because obviously there's like loads of people that were out searching. Yeah, yeah. And Crystal says that she'd been having an affair with Casey's dad. Oh. And that um, he'd been to her home and that he had texted her saying, just thinking about you, I need you in my life. What's that got to do with it, though? Right. But, well, I mean, you're going to wait and see. Oh, OK, right, OK. Cool. Um, so, she, so she told um, the defence that George um, had told her that Kaylee's death was an accident that snowballed out of control. Right. And when she was cross-examined, mm. they... Um, the prosecution um, pointed out that in her sworn police statement, um, she'd actually stated that George believed it believed it was an accident rather than knowing that it was an accident. Right. right. So she's on the stand being like, oh, yeah, Casey's dad told me that he knew it was an accident. But in her actual like written statement, she'd been like, oh, he believed that it was. Right. right. OK. Um. And she also said that he had not told her that he was present when this alleged accident occurred. Okay. Um, and during more examination um, from the defence, um, they asked her whether um, Casey's dad had ever told her that Kaylee was dead whilst he was stating publicly that she was missing. And she said that, yes, like he was behind the scenes. Saying thought, she's dead, yeah. Yeah. So Casey's dad denied this affair and said mm. that he'd only visited with her because she was ill. Um, and he said that he'd sent her the text message uh, like saying, I need you in my life because he needed everyone who had helped for oh. the search in his oh. life. Okay. Um, yeah. So the judge told the jurors after that that um it that basically this statement could be used to kind of question um Casey's dad's credibility, but he directly told jurors that the statement was not to be taken as proof of how Kaylee died um, okay. or whether or not Casey was um guilty or innocent. Okay. Um, so the prosecution rested its case on June 15th after it had called 59 witnesses wow. and the defence rested its case on June 30th. So they kept going for 15 yeah. days. They were like, we're not done with yeah. this. Um, and they had called 47 witnesses um, Witnesses forward. Casey didn't testify um, at, the, at the trial. Bizarre. And on July 3rd and July 4th, um, the closing arguments were read. Mm -hmm. So the prosecution, um, this guy called uh, Jeff Ashton, 
uh, told the jury, when you have a child, that child becomes your life. This case is about the clash between that responsibility and the expectations that go with it and the life that Casey Anthony wanted to have. Now, again, the, the state's case against Casey was that she lied. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a smell in her trunk. Uh-huh. The skeletal remains. Yep. Um, and basically things that she'd Googled. Mm-hmm. Um, and he essentially, um, he kind of like, he was going, he was he was going like, remember Zanny the Nanny, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they and they kind of were trotting out all of these things like the, the bedding and that was found out in the, out in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. And what, um, Kaylee's the bag that Kaylee's body was found in, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and they really like dug in on the defense's um argument that Kaylee drowned. Right. Um, and uh, he basically said that no one makes an accident look like murder. So the defense's closing arguments, they weren't allowed um, to basically hammer home this point they were making that um, Casey was being sexually abused because there was no evidence. Right, like there yeah. was no evidence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So um, they basically began their closing arguments like picking apart all of the forensic evidence and said that it was based in fantasy. Okay. Um, they, they basically were saying like um, there was they're basically saying nothing was proven and they were trying to make Casey look like a liar and promiscuous because they had weak evidence I'm like yeah. well the prom- promiscuity thing yes but the lying thing she does that pretty well for herself like yeah. she's she's lying all over the place Um and he basically said that the drowning is the only explanation that makes sense. And um, basically starts showing, they, they show all of these pictures of Kaylee. Um, there's a picture of Kaylee where she's like opening uh, the sliding glass door out into the garden. Right. And they kind of stress that there's like no safety locks in the house um, and that like Kaylee's at an age where she could easily like get herself into an accident, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know. All, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they basically alleged that Cindy might have left the ladder there the day before. Because remember the day before? Yeah, she said she took women? it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but the the defence basically say, how much guilt would she have knowing that it was her that left the ladder up that day? Mm. Um, so um, the defence attorney tells um, the jury that the strategy behind that, um, the, like, people kind of t- making this narrative about uh, Casey being promiscuous and all that kind of stuff. is The strategy behind that is if you hate her, if you think she's a lying, no good slut, then you'll start to look at this evidence in a different light. Mm. I told you at the very beginning of this case that this was an accident that snowballed out of control. What made it unique is not what happened, but who it happened to. Now, there's like rebuttals and stuff and they're yeah. basically saying like, um, the, the, the prosecution basically saying like, Casey's life was better without Kaylee in it. She never wanted to have a baby and she was guilty. And what do guilty people do? They lie, they avoid, they run, they mislead, they divert attention away from themselves and they act like nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so the jury begins its deliberations on July 4th and on July 5th, the jury found Casey not guilty of counts one through three regarding the first degree murder, aggravated manslaughter, aggravated child abuse. But they did find her guilty on uh, counts four through seven for providing false information to law enforcement. So that was like, because she said that she was employed at Universal Studios, Zanny the Nanny, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and a, a couple of other lies that she'd told. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So what actually happened on June 16th? Well, I bet you're wondering, well, Emily, why didn't you go through all of the information about what exactly happened timestamp by timestamp on June 16th? And it's because... Um, there was some evidence that wasn't made public until like way after the trial and way after Casey Anthony got um, like acquitted, basically. Right. But was um, this evidence given to the jury? No. Right. No, this evidence only came out like years later. Okay. Now, you'll see as we go through the events of June 16th um, that some of this information is quite important pertaining to search history, okay? Right, okay. So... Here we go. <laughs> so, June 16th, okay, this is a timeline. Seven o'clock in the morning, Casey's mum, Cindy, says that she left for work a few minutes before 7am while everyone else was still asleep. According to Kaylee's dad, George, Kaylee departed with Casey, okay, by car mm -hmm. at 12.50pm that day and that mm. they had backpacks on their shoulders. However... As we're about to see, there's cell phone activity and computer activity associated with only Casey Anthony's accounts that show that she did not leave that house until later on that day. Right. Now, one thirty-nine pm activity associated with um, Casey's social media and clowns, including like MySpace and Facebook, um, mm -hmm. are on the um, home computer. And the last um, browser active, blah, blah, blah. No, forget that bit. 1.44 p.m., Casey calls her friend, Amy, that call ends at 2.21pm, okay? So you've got this kind of 40, 40 minutes, basically, where she's on the phone, she's jabbering on away with her mate, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. going to be distracted, she's going to be doing all that kind of stuff. 2.30pm, mm -hmm. okay? George, who's Casey's dad, says that he leaves home um, to go to work. Now, his work at the time is nine minutes away from his house. Right, okay. So he's left a lot, he's left quite early. What time is he supposed to start work? At three. Right, yeah, that's plenty so of time. So half yeah. an hour early, okay? Yeah. Um, so at 2.49pm, mm -hmm. his cell phone connects with the cell phone tower that's closest to the home. Right, okay. And the desktop computer is turned on, activated, by someone using a password protective um, account, Casey's account. So she's basically on, like, Windows, whatever, logged on to her account. Yeah. Okay? 2.51pm. A Google search is made for the term foolproof suffocation and it misspells the last word as suffocation instead of like, instead of the O, it's the yeah, I. Right. And the, whoever it was, that person then clicked on an article that criticised pro-suicide websites that were promoting foolproof ways to die. Right. Okay which included the idea of committing suicide by taking poison and putting a plastic bag over your head. Okay. 2.52pm, 
Casey answers a phone call from Jesse and he says that this conversation was really abnormal and that Casey was like she didn't sound very good and Casey said on her on the phone to him that her parents were divorcing and that she needed to find a new place to live. Right. 3.04 p.m. Casey gets off the phone from Jesse mm-hmm. and she takes an incoming call from her dad. Now, if we're to believe that, that her dad left for work at 2.30 p.m., okay, then he's calling her at 3.04 Right, his work right. starts at three. Okay. Okay, I'm just saying. Right. Um, three thirty-four p.m. Casey makes a phone call to her boyfriend Tony, which isn't answered. Between four ten and four fourteen p.m., Casey makes six unanswered phone calls to Cindy, her mum. Right. Casey's cell phone pings to indicate that it was either at or near the house until she goes to Tony's apartment at 4.11pm. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And at 7.54pm that night, she and Tony are seen in a blockbuster video store. Kaylee's not with them. Okay? Right. Now, why did the prosecution not tell the jury about Casey's searches for foolproof suffocation? Right? Yeah. Now... This is the reason they gave. They claimed that they didn't know that Casey only used Mozilla Firefox, aka <laughs> the best browser in the world. That's what I use right. instead of Chrome. Oh, I use they, Chrome. They only looked at the Internet Explorer searches, and that's how they missed it. But, okay, but remember then they were talking about chloroform? Yeah. They told the jury that the chloroform searches were done on Firefox and that Casey only uses Firefox. So why did they miss Firefox from the suffocation search? Why did they miss that? How? how? That's... The prosecution missed that? Yeah. How? Okay. Right? (laughs) Right? Okay. Why? Why would they miss that? Let's think about it. Let's think about it. Because we've got Casey's dad on the stand, who they're trying to put forward as a credible witness, but he said that Casey left that house at 12.50pm. So how could she possibly be Googling something at 2.51pm in the house? Mm, mm. How? How? Well, she wouldn't. He literally, he remembers vividly, like vividly, he's like, they left, they had backpacks on, they left at 12.50pm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why is he saying that he was home alone when he was actually there with Casey and Kaylee? And we know that from cell phones and searches. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, this is where it gets really interesting because if it wasn't for this Reddit user, okay, called, I'm going to shout them out, they're called uh, History Mystery on Reddit. And they... I think they've got an ebook as well, and it's like the thing what you didn't hear from the Casey Anthony trial. Right. Because like I said, like I said, I went into this case thinking like I'd heard everything that everybody had said about it, and I truly believed that she had premeditated murdered her daughter. That's what I thought. Okay. And I still think that there's a lot of questions. And again, this is just a theory. So this is not proof. This is not like, you know, there's no I I can't I cannot prove that this is what happened. But this is the most interesting theory I think I've read on on this case. Okay. Okay. Now I'm gonna read it verbatim. Okay. Because I don't wanna I don't want to not do it any justice. Okay. Okay. So this is their theory, history mystery on Reddit. 
Casey woke up and settled in for a lazy day at home. Maybe her father was there with her, but I'll save that discussion for the next post. I think they, they, they did a whole series of posts, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, she spent the majority of the day playing on the computer and texting her friends while Kaylee played on her own. She probably checked on her sporadically, but I think Kaylee mostly puttered around the house independently. Which kind of, I, just to jump in, like, none of this is to say that Casey Anthony was a good mother and none of this is to say that, like, she isn't responsible for what happened. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to, like, say that she's not guilty in that respect. Yeah. I just, I'm not entirely convinced that it was a premeditated affair. Okay. Okay. Um, at 1.44, Casey gets a phone call from her friend Amy and neglected to check on Kaylee um, for the duration of their 40 minute phone call at some point in that 40 minutes Kaylee opened the back door and saw the pool ladder on the pool she climbed in and drowned at 2.21pm um, Casey hangs up the phone with Amy and goes to check on Kaylee she couldn't find her this leads to a massive search of the house um, and she's kind of like looking around everywhere and eventually locates her in the pool during the next half an hour a panicked Casey and this, and they go and say, and or possibly George. Mm -hmm. So it's like either they're doing it together, or it's one of the, or it's only one of them, disposed of the remains. At two fifty one p.m., Casey contemplates suicide and does the search for foolproof suffocation, but she is snapped out of it by Jesse Grund, who she tells she has to find a new place to live. At three o four, she gets a phone call from her father one of the only two calls between them that month, the defence claims that George told her he took care of it during that call, but George's memories of that call have never been publicly released. During the next hour, she paces and cries and tries to figure out what to do before breaking down and frantically calling Cindy, who doesn't answer. She doesn't know what else to do, so she goes to Tony's apartment and pretends the whole thing never happened. Right, so that's that's this... Reddit users yeah. idea of what happened. Yeah. I mean it sounds plausible. It's definitely plausible. And like the whole thing about it is it's like the whole family are a little bit sus. Like that they hid her pregnancy. Yeah. Right? It's all they a bit hid sus. the pregnancy from the brother. They were all kind of lying. And there's that like weird MySpace post from, from Casey's mum at the beginning of July. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's all just like It's very weird. So what basically what what's happened is she she got let off and they're not investigating it anymore or anything mm. it's just done with yeah but people are absolutely convinced that she pre premeditated the murder and murdered her child and i'm not saying that that's not plausible yeah but i don't but like, know whether the evidence from what i've heard listened to i don't necessarily know whether the evidence does point that in that direction uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, I, again, like somebody, please, if, I, if I've if i got this all wrong and I've missed something out that's really big, please get in contact with us. And again, I'm not saying that Casey Anthony is innocent, but she has been proven innocent in a court of law. Yeah. And we know that the justice system regularly makes a lot of fucking mistakes. So I'm not saying that that's anything to go by, but I really did think going into this, well, we know what happened. Yeah, she yeah, got yeah. away with the murder of her child. Yeah, that's and now what I'm not so what sure. Everyone thought, yeah. That's it's like a really weird case, and the thing that it reminded me of was Jean Benet Ramsey. Right? Yeah, these multiple theories, and I feel like it's gonna be that kind of case, like in the future. Like I, it, it kind of is that now. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of speculation 
a lot of theories and there's and at the end of the day it's the same damn thing as John Bonet Ramsey young girl dead mm-hmm. no justice exactly and that's the thing I mean you because Casey is I guess known as a prolific liar allegedly mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. do you fucking who can you believe who I mean knows? I don't even think we we have to say allegedly no I guess she's like, like she's she's definitely she's a prolific liar um, but um, maybe her family are too like but it's just not, you know. Well, we know that her family. We we know, we know for a like, okay. I I this is the thing about the timeline is, her dad is either wrong in his recollection, which is time, very plausible. It could happen. It happens. Which is plausible. But he's got vivid memories of all this stuff, and he says that he remembers. He's absolutely like he's still like she left at twelve fifty. But we know. These searches were made and there were these cell phone pings and all these things. I just, I honestly do think that the most plausible thing is that she was very neglectful. Yeah. That the child sadly found its way to the pool. Yeah. Drowned because nobody was paying attention. No. And either she covered it up or her dad... Or anybody that was involved. Again, I can't prove any of this. This is all alleged, ladies and gentlemen. It's all all alleged. It's all alleged. But it's a theory, and I think it's. I think it's. uh, Maybe that's why this case. So many people still talk about it because it's like I don't know. You know, she's. I mean, I see it all over TikTok all the time. You know, Casey Anthony is this. Casey Anthony is that. Yeah. And. It's just, it's, it's interesting to me because I, I did go into this with a very clear bias thinking that I knew exactly what's up and now yeah. I'm not so sure. I, I could go either way. So I guess I don't want to defend Casey Anthony because I think that, that you know, at, at the very at the very least, she was an incredibly neglectful mother. Yeah. Um, she was somebody that should have never been a mother. Um, and, and, you know, nobody really knows what happened. But, you know, and at the worst, she potentially murdered her child yeah. and got away with it. Yeah. Um, I think my main point with this case would be that when you start digging into things, it's never really as like cut and dry as what you think it's going to be. No, It's absolutely. never like, you know, you, you, people simplify it and they go, oh yeah, we know what happened. Casey yeah. Anthony killed her daughter. And it's like, well, actually, when you look into it, there's there's a lot of stuff here. They're, like, There's a lot of things. And, and I can, now looking into it, see that you know how a jury made that decision yeah totally um, you, you and i you, think you can and and it's like a lot of the stuff that was kind of said in the media you know she's a party girl she's this yeah. she's that she did like honestly don't get me wrong her daughter was missing right and she let's be real here she probably all knew that she was dead yeah. at the time and she went clubbing you know she did all that kind of stuff. So, no, there's nothing there's that's no, justifiable. You can't justify that. No, 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 no. At all, at all, at all. But when you kind of, like, dig into, into you know, these different timelines and stuff, and if you, if you go with the theory that she was trying to pretend to be normal, yeah. then you can kind of understand that well i you can you can you can't understand why she did it but you can understand that she could have done it is what you're trying to say yeah 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 yeah, 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 exactly exactly because automatically people would think oh my god she's at the club she's a cold heartless bitch yeah when in reality um she could have just like you said 
like that theory suggested, is shutting everything out, trying to act like it didn't happen. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's a horrible, horrible case. Poor Kaylee Anthony. I um, know. Do you see what I mean with the roller coaster and like the brain melt? There's, yeah, I can understand. There's a lot going on there. Too um, much. Far too much. Um, we're not going to do a take a break this week because this episode is a night is 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 a very long one, a very in depth. One, yeah. so we're not going to do a take a break. So yeah, thank you, Emily, for taking us on that deep dive of the Casey Anthony case. You're very welcome. I I don't do things by halves. No, you don't. It was it was good because, like I said, like we were saying, like you learn so much when you proper look into these things. It's not just yeah. cut and dry case. Um, and again, if I messed up, somebody tell me. You all know by now that I enjoy hate. That I still haven't received on Instagram. So, you know, if you if you think, you there's know... There's still time. There's, there's still, still time. time. Um, yeah, if there's anything, any, you know, we're going to post stuff on Instagram. So comment away. Let us know yeah. what you think. Um, and don't forget to follow. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Exactly. Always like and subscribe. What are you doing if you haven't already? Come on. Anyway, have a lovely week, everyone. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, my God, lol. <laughs> Bye. Bye.